0: to come uh trevor strunk um you can find my blog at uh video-drone.tumblr.com for now um, although probably that'll be changing in a bit um insofar as we'll be moving to our own site uh that's to come though um Uh, Right now, we're still at the Tumblr, and of course, the Twitch is under Hegelbond, the Patreon's under Hegelbond, the PayPal's under Hegelbond. Everything's under that. The Twitter's under that, too, so you might just want to head there. Um, What I wanted to talk about tonight, uh, I just wanted to start this uh, daily podcast. So, in... uh, in expanding out the the range of what I do here at No Cartridge, I thought probably it might be nice for people who don't like to read necessarily, uh, not not n- don't like to read, but maybe can't read uh, all the time or don't have the uh, ability to uh, uh, read at work or at school or wherever they happen to be ingesting the the, the material. Um, I thought probably I podcast might work. So the idea here is that I'll record something every day as best I can. Um, weekends are sort of up in the air at this point. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but, um, about what I'm playing, about what I'm thinking, about games that just don't really fit into a long-form essay, uh, and about uh, just general video game thoughts that I have, maybe philosophical thoughts. We can have guests on here and there, um, but I think by and large, it's just going to be me kind of talking to you for short periods of time. Um, People seem interested in this idea of a shorter podcast. People seem interested in my work, so it seems like a good match. Um, a lot of these will be free. And then, um, I think probably if I'm recording five to six a week, um, if I'm recording five or six, I guess three will be free. And, um, the rest will be patron only on Patreon. Or if you've donated via PayPal, we can work something out. Um, if it gets to seven, you know, God willing, uh, we'll try maybe we'll do five and then the weekend ones will be, um, double length and and patron only or something like that. Um, Again, just giving her my Patreon something, my Patreon Patreon something to to enjoy as well. Um, so, with that out of the way, uh, this is the first episode of No Cartridge. Um, what I want to talk about today is this uh, really fun um, shooter that was a, a free for a little while on uh, Twitch Prime, um, which actually turns out to be a great service. If you have Amazon Prime, you may as well just start a Twitch Prime account, even if you don't plan on streaming, because they give you a bunch of free stuff. Um, but this game, uh, which I had never really uh, heard of before, um, but really was kind of interested to find out about, was called, uh, or is called, Run Gun Jump Gun. Um, and so, Run Gun Jump Gun is this uh, two-button shooter uh, where um, the mechanic is is deeply simple. Uh, the the left button um, shoots down, which makes you essentially jump, um, and the right shift button uh, shoots forward. So. At any given point in a stage, you either have to be shooting forward or jumping or avoiding spikes or shooting, you know, enemies, not generally enemies, because it's more of like an obstacle course game. Um, but you get the idea, right? So like initially, this will be like sort of like a jump over spikes, shoot a saw in the in the thing and collect little orbs that you need to pass on to the next level um, uh, as the game kind of moves on and on and on this gets much more complicated. And so, you know, while I was able to burst through the first 40 of 120 levels, very quickly um, the last sort of 20 levels have taken me a couple of weeks at this point. Um, But it is fun and it's gripping. Um, There's a, there's a neat aesthetic to it. It's very, um, very hotline Miami in, in in terms of music as you heard at the beginning is it's from um, run gun, jump gun. uh, but also in terms of, uh, just generally that pixel aesthetic, the, it's not top down. It's not a, it's not that sort of game, but it is, um, it is very sort of retro, um, and the sort of, uh, gifts that, uh, or the, the it's not quite gifts, it's sort of just like a brief animation that illustrates the beginning of each stage is, um, you know, very much in that heavily pixelated style, sort of like the pizza clerk in, um, in, uh, Hotline Miami. Um so you know a lot of what you'd expect from a game like this right like it's about um the sort of civilization dying there are a lot of aliens sort of whimsical points um you know uh or um sad moments as well uh moments where you know the 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 sun is dying and you get to sort of reflect on that or whatever right and your character is um this guy who's just kind of going through and collecting these atomics, uh, throughout the levels. Right. Um, uh, so you're known as the scavenger and people either blame you for it or thank you for it or whatever. Um, I haven't gotten to the end of the game yet, so I don't know what the sort of end game, uh, reveal is like why you're doing all this. Right. Um, I get the feeling there is one, uh, but it's not super important uh, for my purposes right now. Uh, my purposes right now are to say there's something very interesting about the mechanics of a game like this. Like obviously, you know, in these retro games, um, there's a feeling of simplicity that's important uh, to keep. Uh, I don't know, to keep in the forefront of anyone's mind when they're, you know, producing these games. Uh, you're gonna so a game like Owlboy, which I recently wrote about, or even a game like um, Sunless Sea in, in its own way, or uh, of course Hotline Miami. Um, any of the sort of like classic pixel games um, that are, are newer to to the moment uh, require this emphasis on mechanics because of course old nes and super nes games also require this emphasis on mechanics um What's interesting is that how different that is than some uh, narrative games that are coming out now, right? So I'm thinking particularly, uh, this isn't a very recent game. You, I mean, I could talk about more recent games too, but um, it just comes to mind uh, uh, Alan Wake, uh, which is a game that I, I beat a while ago thinking I'd write about it for Video Drone. Um, I haven't really gotten a chance yet. I wanted to compare it to digital or to uh, Deadly Premonition, which I've also been streaming. Um, but, you know, Alan Wake, the mechanics in that game are absolutely secondary to the narrative in the game right they they hold no sort of like consistency with the narrative uh you know you're fighting these beasts of darkness and sort of trying to unravel this mystery um maybe you could argue that the uh flashlight mechanic like having to use the flashlight to stun the you know bad guys or whatever um is part of a mechanic uh but frankly it doesn't quite add up um You know, the mechanics are chunky, the shooting is not exactly great, it's definitely the low point of the game in a lot of ways, Um, but the narrative is the high point. And so in that case, mechanics and narrative are completely divorced, right? Forming content are completely divorced, as we might say in literary criticism. Um, Meanwhile in Run, Gun, Jump, Gun, um, even in the title, right, Run, Gun, Jump, Gun, just describing the two buttons. The mechanics are the game right any sort of like sense of aesthetic of despair of frustration of forward progress of elation of whatever is based around this just like the absurdity of how complex you can get with two button games um you know the fact that the entire function of the game is either you're jumping or you're shooting um the kind of like the fact that one touch kills you and so like the, the finesse of that mechanical um, agreement is really, really important. All of this really matters for Run Gun, Jump Gun. Um, whereas in something like Alan Wake, for instance, it doesn't, right? Like it, who cares if like the gun you're firing fires in a particular way, or who cares that you have to like, you know, aim with the mouse and shoot with the space bar or whatever, right? Like that's sort of epiphenomenal. It's not really the point of the game. Whereas in Run Gun Jump Gun or in Hotline Miami or, you know, in all of these games that I've been mentioning, things like, you know, even games like Nuclear Throne or um, Enter the Gungeon, um, the mechanics are, like, actually part of the story. Where, like, if you weren't just using those two buttons, if you were using more, if there were items or something like that, the game would lose a lot. It wouldn't have the sort of, like, emotional appeal it has as well. Um, And so I'm really interested. I I don't quite know what to say about it, which is why I'm putting it on the podcast um, about this. Because, of course, like, you know, on one hand, you want to say it's a throwback, like that's what games used to be. They used to be mechanics. They used to be like actually a um, an experiment in 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 um, uh, just finding ways to move around the sprites on the on the screen. Particularly if you go back as far as Atari ColecoVision, that's sort of like um, the sort of like super old version, right? There's no sort of like other thing going on there, especially in the old graphical games. Um, however, you know, there's as I've pointed out in a number of my pieces so far, there's a savvy about um, the newer games that's really kind of important, right? Uh, Where, like, something like Run Gun Jump Gun uh, has this mechanical uh, limit, but it's also, like, really interested in not just producing the limit because it can't produce anything else, but instead just, like, producing the limit because it's aesthetically interesting or formally interesting or something like that, right? Um, And so... The fact that the limited mechanics help tell the story um, seems both at once like a gimmick and a really important note that AAA games are often missing. Now, something like Doom, um, which I recently reviewed, kind of does both, right? Where like in fact, you know, the mechanics in Doom, such as they're like much like the old version of Doom line up really nicely right you sort of get the the sort of like um uh, ultra kill kind of aesthetic um in both games and that also tells the story um but i think that's not the i think that's the exception as opposed to the rule i think most triple a games still are of the mindset that there's this barrier between um control and between forming content let's say between control and narrative um and while like indie games definitely have something to teach, you know, AAA games in terms of you know story or whatever, um, I think we should really focus and, and pay attention to the ways in which they use controls elegantly. Um, there's kind of a um, a purity to these cheaper um, and and more streamlined uh, games that I think you know can really stand out even in a highly budgeted game. Um, now exactly what to what end whatever that's something that we probably need to work out in future podcasts but i wanted to bring up the idea just to sort of start thinking through it uh so i'm really interested in what your thoughts are on this you can respond if you want to me on twitter i'm at hegel um i'm going to put this up on my patreon now but i'll try and get it on itunes soon and uh yeah i'll, I'll see you tomorrow this is uh, just the start of a beautiful experiment so uh thanks everyone and um keep gaming or gaming power or whatever catchphrase that i decide uh best suits the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening.